Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of bada beans, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. Welcome to the Whole Andy Show. Your dedicated home for all things indie in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. When I say, I mean what I mean, I say, and they become anthems. I told you, if you let me out of my cage, I'm going to pile of bodies to the sky. They just gave me a live mic on pay-per-view. So, if you all don't mind, I'd like to get a few things off my chest. My name is Kevin Steen. And fuck Ring of Honor! Fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. With your hosts, Ashley is my name. You ripped out my heart! You took everything I believed in and you flushed it down the damn toilet. You flushed my heart. You flushed my soul. And now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake. And the Sun City Savior, Randy McWilliams. There are so many amendments in the Constitution (laughs) of the United States of America. What up? Clean. Fifth. Uh, One, two, three, four. Fifth. 
good afternoon whenever you're listening to this. Welcome to the first episode of the rebooted Whole Indie Show. Apparently our boots had red glitter on and we said there's no place like home and somehow we ended up here. I don't know, but this is Ashley and joining me as ever every week on here is a Sun City saviour, Randy McWilliams. Randy, how you doing? I'm doing good. I don't know if I want to go back to Kansas as my place of home or for me, El Paso, even though I will be enjoying the finer things coming here, specifically a Coliseum show that probably will get reviewed on one of these days on some show. Yeah. Where Seamus miraculously wins. <laughs> yeah, he should be there tonight, so Who he has a title. He wins. title matches. The title holder wins because it isn't a pay-per-view. <laughs> we'll, we'll jump to the news because uh, if you don't know what the whole indie show is the clues in the name we try and encompass at least one segment dedicated to indie wrestling which thanks to what's happened over the last few weeks is going to be two segments but we'll also have some new stories relating to it speaking of news one story that actually came through this week which I'm disappointed in Bray Wyatt is injured. If you're not wondering who Bray Wyatt is, he is us Husky Harris in NXT. And during a live show that happened in Florida, he suffered a torn pectoral muscle, which means he's going to be out for six months, which puts pay to all the hype that's been going on in his promo videos on NXT, which annoys me. Yeah, those hype videos have been... I don't know what it is now, but for NXT, they've really stepped up the hype videos. Like that Ascension one is just godly. Now. Ascension is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> How they got them over like so well. And then Bray Wyatt has just been like, may, may, there's faith in WWE booking or at least or the early stages, the developmental Sandow I've really liked. Uh, what I did see his stuff, uh, uh, like we mentioned with Bray Wyatt, it, that's just been crazy good, and it really brings overtones of Max, uh, yeah, Max Katie from Cape Fear, or for the older wrestling fans, will remember when Dan Spivey was Wayland Mercy. It said, "This is how, this is totally how Wayland Mercy should have been." <laughs> Why didn't they do these style of promos for Alberto Del Rio when he turned up eighteen months ago? Oh, well, they'd hold my attention more than hello. I am here for four minutes talking about <laughs> the old school vignette style. Weeks. Yeah, they're, they're they're starting to get better with the vignettes now and really hyping them. Not that they've been bad or yeah, but it just adds a new caveat to it. Another story that came through this week is. The first rumors about who's going to be in the next WWE Hall of Fame induction. Oh, yeah. Also, that Brody Lee's in the video. That's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. I completely forgot about that. You got you got to love the hot chicks. My page. <laughs> Brody Lee pretty yeah, much we, replacing Eli Cottonwood, who yeah. I think Brody uh, Eli Cottonwood looks like Brody Lee with Down Syndrome. Yeah. Well, the chick that was there as well, just genius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just... Why, why are there so many hot women in bloody SCW? There are. There's... 
you have you have Sophia Cortez, who's of course Evilies from Tough Enough. You have Paige, who's oh British. British. So that's enough said. <laughs> Just watch, just watch the last Shimmer. Just watch the last two, well, not last two would be last, yeah, last eight Shimmer shows. You'll see uh, what we mean. Um, Audrey Marie, who supposedly may have had relation relation <laughs> relations with the top star of WWE, and no, we don't mean CM Punk. Well, of course, that top star kind of uh, we we met Cena. Uh, that's uh, who else is down there? Oh yeah, um, Guerrero, uh, Shao Guerrero, uh, Raquel Diaz. Who's doing the whole? Uh, oh yeah, thing at the minute. But we'll get the story. <laughs> yeah, I was speaking of hot women as well. The Hall of Fame stuff. Bruno San Martino. No, he isn't a hot woman. I know. Uh, just to clarify. <laughs> he was apparently been offered and Bruno's come out with a statement for his management people saying he's turning it down, which isn't a huge surprise. But the one which is also not a surprise, but related to hot women, Sable, a.k.a. Rena Lesnar. Yeah, the surname might be a clue as to why she might be put in the Hall of Fame, given that hubby like might she- be involved in a big match. <laughs> Because it ain't like she was getting in as Rena Merrow. What makes or she you probably would have. <laughs> what do you think Brock versus Rock? Two. I would like that. That would be cool. <laughs> but the thing is, of course, if there was a report that I saw that apparently Rock's going to be doing some filming schedule, which means he won't be able to actually be in the ring mm. competing at WrestleMania 29, which is a bit of a disappointment. Because he said he'd never leave, True. which but technically getting... he hasn't, because he's been he's been more active on Twitter than Iron Sheik has nearly. Yeah, that's I, saying I something. Still, you would think Rock be like, "Oh, I just have this Twitter buzz going on." Nah, he still stays on it. Like, I bet you, if you tweet to him, he will probably one of these days he's going to tweet to somebody on here, and somebody's going to mark out over it on the SNS page. Hell, I'll probably do that myself as much as I'm joking about yeah. it. Next week, breaking news, Randy's just being hit with a rock bomb. <laughs> now, speaking of more hot women, this seems to be a hot woman dedicated news segment this week. But we start reviewing Shimmer this week. <laughs> no. Basically, it seems like there's trouble going on in the Divas division in WWE. Well... There's also trouble going on with TNA with the fact that Angelina Love got released, which I don't doesn't really make sense to me. Which makes me wonder how long has Winter got? Um, probably not much longer. Sadly, it sucks that uh, the I, I almost want to say Diva there because that's almost been the umbrella term for women. The knockout. She's the most dec, arguably the most, the uh, most de- yeah, easily the most decorated knockout in their history, and yet it just kind of fell. The winter storyline kind of killed her. <laughs> yeah, and yet Madison Rain gets into a lip lock with oh bloody Hebner. Are you kidding me? This is the first time she's been with a ref. Yeah, apparently she likes people in black and white shirts or bald or. Balding. <laughs> Jesse, Body Ventura, keep an eye out. 
<laughs> if that, if we're going by what Randy said, I I blame Randy for that. <laughs> but yeah, know, with the Divas division, with top, w- yeah, with the Divas division with WWE, basically Kelly Kelly's taken time off. Maxine quit due to quote unquote frustration, and apparently many of the Divas also feel the same about they're frustrated with what's going on, and some other women could leave the company. Except for probably AJ, because AJ's being worked as the Miss Elizabeth of the 21st century. But apparently related to this is the Divas want to see Karma back. By the sounds of it, she wants to come back because she feels she's ready after what happened over the holiday period. With um, her miscarriage. But... It seems like WWE wants to hold it back to the right time, which I'm guessing is probably going to be SummerSlam because they'll want to bring something big back because, to be quite honest, not everybody is going to want to see Triple H versus Lesnar. Nah. It's interesting, but it feels... It's one of those where Triple H has the ability where I don't think he's as bad as people give him the whole, oh, he's political, but... It always seems to end up that way with stuff with him. In this case, him uh, potentially main eventing SummerSlam or uh, easily a main yeah. event match with Lesnar. Mm-hmm. But, with the, is... but, uh, but with the Divas, uh, hopefully, yeah, Karma would be back because pe- sadly people will only be interested really if she's in there. Because as much as Layla has been injury she's been kind of off beth phoenix is kind of back in square one again aj i'd love to see get kind of a wrestling kind of push which they might do depending on what happens with money's back yeah hasn't she supposed to already have had a match which gives her a shot at a title some point but then Uh, because of the whole daniel bryan thing going on it never happened they were teasing something that she was going to – they were doing a power couple thing, but maybe they're just holding it off for if she turns heel and sides with Brian, which I'm thinking might happen because she can – if you've seen AJ as a heel, especially her FCW stuff, oh, man, she's pretty good at it. She had uh, – and it's going to be interesting to see when she's heel with her being crazy. Yeah, I still see the storyline being she sides with Brian. Brian cares about the belt like CM Punk does. Yeah. And then it's the, as, as I've said on countless, probably this show and open book, hell hath no woman, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Yes. <laughs> the much fabled line rigs true more often than not, especially in wrestling and the No Way Out poster. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as I saw that poster, I thought that's when the swerve's going to happen. But no, they swerved the swerve. So, I don't know how that works. What <laughs> is there a term for swerving a swerve? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. It's a Russo-esque term. From <laughs> <laughs> Now, I know we mentioned that Randy's going to be seeing SmackDown pretty soon after we've finished recording this. But some people in Colorado aren't going to be seeing SmackDown. Because the SmackDown taping, which was going to be taking place at Colorado Springs this past Tuesday, or this past Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, has been cancelled 
and instead they're going to have the SmackDown taping on Monday's Raw from Denver, from the Pepsi Center. So basically, they're going to do them both on the same night, and that's going to be all your go-home shows done on that night. Which is an interesting move, and also kind of fortuitous, considering this is exactly the same situation that will probably happen with regards to uh, SummerSlam. Because they always do the shows, and then they don't have anything until the pay-per-view, do they? No. Because they like to give them, you know, have a holiday. And have a holiday in Los Angeles. Have a have a son. Yeah. Have a son, Tam, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'd love to have a holiday for the week, wherever, <laughs> especially for a big show. Shit. <laughs> uh, full verse SmackDown taping cancellation. You can get refunds, and to offer support to the people that have been affected by the wildfires, WWE is going to be donating ten thousand dollars to the American Red Cross. For local relief efforts, so props to WWE for that. I would applaud them, but for some reason my hands aren't clapping loudly enough for the microphone to pick it up. I don't know. <laughs> we'll now, just do a golf clap for them. They'll, they'll know. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Morgan, where's he going? Well, he was asked about this on Twitter and said, I've already made my decision. My true fans will appreciate my decision, and those that don't can kiss my ass. And ass is done with two dollar signs. So that either means he's going to the WWE or because of the dollar dollar, he's joining Shane McMahon's telephone telephone telephony company in China. China broadband. <laughs> so I don't know. The two dollar signs, does that have any significance? Um, as as much as we're trying to kind of skirt it without seeing it completely, <laughs> what we feel, yeah, I think the dollar sign does have a. I think that's the main hint, if anything. That he's going to New money. Japan. Mm, could be that, yeah. Japan does pay you some money. Japan may pays you quite a lot of money because there might be some. <laughs> there might be some gangster kind of stuff related in some of them. Possibly. <laughs> Pro wrestling, no. <laughs> Being uh, one. Paperclip. Pride. Oh, yes, that's the main one. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised I didn't even bring it up. <laughs> this, is, this is my first paperclip that I think I've done in all the shows so far, even that... though it, the concept kind of got turned by me. Yeah. The Pride thing was basically run by the Yakuza. Yeah, and got shut down because the Yakuza were saying, "Right, he's going to win," and they were like, "Well, this is MMA. It's not supposed to be. It's not wrestling. It's not fixed." And then they went, got like samurai swords and guns to the heads, and going, "What were you saying?" <laughs> Which is where the Noah reference comes in, because supposedly management was being yeah. run by, or at least people in management had ties to Yakuza, which is. The worst thing you can have happen to you. <laughs> and uh, finally, a little bit from me, because I'm sure Randy's got some indie-related stories. Is well, this is an indie kind of related one. It's Shane Douglas again with his Extreme Rising show and some of the news that happened in the show that happened this past week. They had a show in Philly which got about eight to nine hundred fans, which considering how 
badly received the last show was due to certain people not turning up or turning up but not being in any fit state. Sadly. Or turned up. Yeah. <laughs> Suburban <It's>... paper clip. <laughs> <laughs> The scheduled events, apparently, for the next show, which is going to be in September in Pittsburgh and Ohio, and then they're going to return to the Northeast in November if they go well. Some of the news from that, apparently, Perry Saturn suffered a stinger in the match and couldn't feel his left arm for a while. Uh, Shane was taking notes for thoughts on the show all night and was thanking for the fans for their support and getting feedback from them so they can make it better in future shows. CCW staff and wrestlers are at the show because all the ring and equipment was pretty much CCW stuff. <laughs> I wonder if CCW even had the balls to put a C, you know, the curtain round the ring, put CCW logos on it. Oh man, that would. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Apparently, backstage visiting were Nick Burke and Boogaloo. I don't know who these people are. I do. Uh, Paperclip. <laughs> yeah, Boogaloo is Boogaloo used to tag team with Homicide as part of the Natural Born Sinners. They teamed up very early on in Ring of Honor until Boogaloo no showed, leading to Homicide single ru- singles run and a very successful one at that for Homicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick Burke was a uh, mainstay in ZZW. He made believe he might have been signed to WWE deal, but he made an appearance. During a crime time segment when they were making fun of the Michael, uh, I was about to say Craig, but Michael Richards incident from, yeah. what was that, five years ago? It's a long time ago. Oh, from way back, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is an interesting point as well. There are plans, apparently, to bring in more luchadors. Being super crazy. That, I wouldn't more mind that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, have some have some lucha stuff with Shane Douglas running it. I think that would work. They just start. Of- they start cu- the, the when they do the promos. They cuss more times than Alberto Del Rio does in a promo. Where are your papers? <laughs> uh, I don't have no pinchy papers. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but the big story that came from this was the incident involving Bors Mahoney and New Jack. Basically, <laughs> I don't know how to start on this. That incident with New Jack, I was like, I was just thinking, like, when is it there an incident with New Yeah, Jack? I was I was waiting because I was thinking, yeah, New Jack isn't a surprise. With balls, kind of, but yeah, there was apparently a fight between the two backstage. And they actually had an argument at the Extreme Union show that happened in April that nearly happened. Apparently... He went after him hard with a punch and was upset that Balls basically made racist comments during a shoot DVD interview. The other fact is, apparently, although it wasn't used, (laughs) I just don't even want to say, New Jack had a machete. Oh, man. Have you seen... um, This reminds me of... uh... Who was it that did it? Uh, the thing is, I know this is Philly, so I know our producer knows that a machete is probably required for any kind of safe living <laughs> in the area that he's in. Yeah, Philly's pretty... Well, Brezai I mean, tells us even before. With, <laughs> even, 
even with Chicago, I saw some news story and that we're only 200 days into the year and there's been 240 deaths this year from shooting. They had a, yeah, they had a story, I think Memorial Day weekend, like a uh, shit ton of people were like, it was like 30 something people died over the weekend. I was like, yeah. God damn. Yeah, Detroit's another, Detroit at Flint is really affected. Like, there's some bad areas in the US, not that. There wouldn't be in so, England or Australia or Canada or you name it. <laughs> or hell, I so, live next. I live yeah. next to fucking Juarez. And if anybody hears stories about Mexico, <laughs> so um, I think the mottos for this show is Shane, keep up the good work. Because if you do bring in lucha stuff, that kind of interests me. And along with seeing some of the other old old timer faces in the. You know, ECW kind of stuff. Yeah. Motto for balls: probably don't be racist and shoot interviews anymore. Yeah. And <laughs> you, Jack, probably find better utensils to use for cutting your food up. I don't know. <laughs> um, this machete isn't getting my steak, damn it. <laughs> yeah, this machete isn't going through this steak. God damn it. That's uh, crazy if he did because. The uh, WSU, they used the machete one time during uh, the War Games match between Jessica Havoc and Mercedes Martinez. She put, and I was like, and then I saw the, and it wasn't like, well, it's a machete, so it's going to be fucking big. And I was like, oh, shit. She brought a fucking machete in a war game, in a female War Games match. <laughs> yeah. Big ass motherfucking machete and put it to her <laughs> neck until one of them quit. That's oh, what a, li- what a light-hearted moment that was. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, you've got a few stories from the uh, from the indie side to cover. Yes, I do. First, well, this time we're going to get a little Japanese here because this is one of them being that some uh, a pe- couple people might be leaving Dragon Gate, whether Dragon Gate in Japan or Dragon Gate USA. Ah, yes. One of which I'm guessing is Pack, is it? Yes, the man that gravity for er yeah, the man that gravity forgot Pac, who is who had a show recently and this was reported by um by uh Latino seven one eight. Forgot I can't say his last name. So Sandra. Sandra. Yeah. <laughs> by Sandra in the chat point posting that um that uh after a match Pac had he bowed to all four sides of the audience, which in Japan means they're leaving the promotion. And very uh, not too long ago, Pac competed in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament in New Japan and did very well, making it to the semifinals of a tournament which not a lot of really for outside talent, as I mentioned in the comment, not a lot of outside talent don't really go on too farther. Even though last year Kota Bushi did win and his home promotion technically is DDT. But, uh, yeah, that's the name of promotion, Dramatic Dream Team, which might cover one these days. Um, he wrestles a lot in New Japan as well, so technically it was an outsider winning. Uh, I can't think of a good equivalent right now. I'll probably think of one later in Interrupt because <laughs> I tend to do that. And the other news being that Johnny Gargano, the current Open the Freedom Gate champion in Dragon Gate USA, is going to be leaving for WWE soon. He recently had a tryout. He's tried out before in the past, actually appeared on SmackDown as the champion of, I think it was Liechtenstein, it was, uh, when MVP had that angle of he was beating world champions from uh, different countries, Johnny Gargano playing 
said champion. Yeah. And he has, and one thing I've noticed, he has a title defense coming up on July 27th against Akira Tozawa, which if he lose, if he drops the belt, which I could see that happening considering Tozawa's a big name there. Uh, Gargano's going to the E, which is pretty good thing. He's a pretty good talent. One guy who a couple years ago when I saw him in Chikara, and it was funny because I had actually seen him before in uh, Pro Wrestling Ohio. Somehow, yes, I got Pro Wrestling Ohio in El Paso. I'll explain that never. Nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> he, I saw him in Chikara, and I uh, kind of liked him at first, and then... He really grew on me. He's really, he's really, really talented. He's you, uh, like if WWE sides him, good for them for signing him, and especially with what he did last uh, this year, where he wrestled in the last match, or pretty much the well, the second to last match at the arena, and uh, the fans who were ECW fans weren't really into the match. You know, well, you can see why ECW fans, you know, what they're into. Nonetheless, he. Was literally he literally about five minutes into the match, he felt a pain in his back and couldn't feel his legs for the rest of the match. It went about twenty minutes <laughs> near uh-huh. paralyzed, which I give him props for even continuing on with the match, let alone going on for a long period of time <laughs> and getting some shitty support from the crowd there which goes on to show what a professional he is. Also, what he did at an Evolve show, bringing in a girl who had, uh, bringing in a girl into the ring who wrote, who wrote a paper on why Johnny Gargano was her hero. So pretty much an all-around nice guy. Also, I believe still dating Portia Perez, so <laughs> there's nothing wrong about Gargano. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with him. Moving on. <laughs> And I, I think that's all, yeah, pretty much, because the bigger news, were we going to go into TNA right now, or should that? No. We, 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 after the break, we will be talking the the indie influx in TNA. And one big story of the week, which we haven't covered in this news, because I think we feel it's more prominent to mention it during the next bit. So, we're... Listen to some commercials, and we'll see you in a few minutes. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. Talking all stop. They figured I was done, but like your baby son, the ball just dropped. Waste man, what a great plan, what a flock. Kick through your door, why the fuck should I knock? I understand now why rappers say they back. I was gone for a second, y'all don't know how to act. Like Ben Nathan, I'm that cat that brings real rap back. Baseball cat flat on my eyebrows. And it's my mic, and it's my crowd. My time, fuck on my town. Underrated, no, or unknown. I'm a six-round pick, Tom Brady with the palms. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a wrestling news live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me a melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Uh, uh, I don't think this is working out. Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you 
want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me your melt. M my melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Shit, bitch. Who the hell you think you are? Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Better be willing to give me some of that pussy before you get some of my sandwich. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and of course some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. What is up, my SNS peeps? I am the sensational sequel, Sensational Sean. And Ashley too. Yes, it's still my name. I haven't changed it yet. If you don't know who we are, I mean, we have this really cool show on the SNS Radio Network. It's called The Open Book. We cover wrestling, any like big news that happens in the week, but we more so cover the pay-per-views. We talk about how they went and how we think they should have gone. We cover a little thing called fantasy booking. We also cover all the biggest gaming news, games that have come up, and game reviews. Plus, we've got the latest from the world of film entertainment. Also, perhaps an off-so-regular performance by me in the reviews of movies, too. This is The Open Book. Catch us every week right here at the SNS Radio Network. Ashley and Randy. That theme you just heard there 
was the theme from uh was it black g's yes uh black g's aka sabian being gasoline from meat mill and sheep raw <laughs> yeah. old probably said raw little i don't think it was too fabulous but it had a, AKA had a little Richard uh, Richard <laughs> yes, Richard Cameron. Yeah, and that kind of is a hint to segment two. Also, the, oh, he was on. Um, I bet he was. I forgot what his name was. He was a Ryback jobber not too long ago too. There you go. On SmackDown, because <laughs> I put that. I was like, oh shit, Black so Jesus. He's, he's appeared in. He's appeared in both companies within a month. That's genius. Yeah. <laughs> WWE TNA and uh, still wrestling in ZZW. Yeah, he's getting yeah. people. Are, people in the Indies are going places. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, what we're going to give you a rundown is some of these guys, because some of these I knew of, some of them I didn't. And we thought that some of you may not know the history of some of them, and you might want to look them up, because you might not know what their real names are. Because Rubix isn't Rubix, if you look ever if you look Dakota Darso isn't yeah. always Dakota Darso, and Rashad Cameron certainly isn't Rashad Cameron. But we'll jump to. I think the first one we'll jump to is that I know they're doing a fatal four way match to determine who's going to be the final qualifier, like a lucky loser match. So let's start with Lars Only, Randy. What can you tell us about him? All right, Lars Only. This is, uh, he's better known as Johnny Yuma. This is a guy that, if you ask L Train, who I'll need to bring on probably one day these days when we talk about the West Coast wrestling, he is uh interesting talent. Very small guy, even for like indie standards. Really kind of small. Not really a high flyer, but he knows how to use his body in ways to well, pretty much he pretty much how any small person would use their body to win a wrestling match. Uh, used to tag team with Johnny Goodtime as the Rock Nest Monsters in California, even though I think they... I don't know if they're still teaming in PWG because they tend to not follow the rules everybody else has in wrestling. Um, he has a pretty nice finisher that wasn't really seen. Call, I think he calls it the Sex Factor, very similar to almost an X Factor, but instead of like the head as the face buster, he puts... He like puts both his legs together and put puts them down head wedged between shin pretty much into the face buster mm-hmm. and um let me see don't really yeah that's pretty much what i could give on johnny yuma uh him and the rock nest monsters pretty good tag team but if you see any pwg stuff he's a guy to look for and for people who can't who can illegally or legally but get it, uh, you can find some of his stuff on YouTube, as with most others, and hopefully we'll yeah. post some links probably in whatever our official way of posting this stuff will be. Most of the guys we probably will get out some... We'll pro- probably try and put... A, there's probably loads of highlight videos of some of their stuff, and we'll try and link each one of these eight guys' highlights package or whatever onto the SNS Facebook page when this gets posted up on the archive. I'll, I'll track them down and uh, I, I, will, I will hunt them down and kill them. Oh, well, no, wait, let's take it. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Uh, next up, we've got Dakota Darso, who has got a rather famous dad. Yes. 
His dad, as I was trying to figure out earlier, is, of course, Barry Darso, who is Adam Pierce. No, that's a paper clip if you get that joke. Repo Man, <laughs> and um, um, I might as well explain. Adam Pierce looks just like Barry Darso. Yeah. It's why Barry Early also looks like Adam Cole when he had hair. Like, he, I'll show you that one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, with Dakota Darso, he. I'm not. This is the only one I'm really not familiar with. But I do know who he is mainly because his dad also appeared last year in their X Division tournament. And as I was pointing out to pretty much anybody, I say with the injury he suffered to Flip Casanova, almost a bit of karma. Especially if you saw what happened last year when he neglected to catch Zima Ion when he went for the five forty yeah. salt to the outside and let uh, Azrael, aka Federico Palacios, pretty much catch him. But he, apparently he's also actually had a spell in FCW with WWE as well. Yes, he was a developmental talent at one point, which is probably one of the reasons he did get signed. Although, I don't see a lot in him, but there's nothing bad I've seen about him. I haven't really seen... He doesn't... He's one of those... He doesn't strike me yet as somebody who's, oh, like the other talent I've seen I could really put there. It's probably my unfamiliar unfamiliarity with him is the reason why which i myself will need to check out his stuff but he's pretty solid for what i have seen nothing other than the cat the weird karma that i've seen that's like oh he sucks or this and that mm-hmm. but barry darso if you don't know he is not just smash but also repo man which yeah. I, I i never realized that smash and repo man were the same guy because to me, Repo Man kind of looks like Chavo meets Kato from the Green Hornet. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It's, it just, yeah, yeah, it does have kind of... It's that, that kind of look. It's just kind of just... Uh, it, it surprised me when I knew, because that was one paperclip that I, I was surprised to know actually when it happened. <laughs> when you yeah. find somebody is somebody you know or it's like it's been this person I was like oh shit <laughs> yeah no doubt that will happen with the aces and eights eventually <laughs> yeah kidding me it was Bruno Sammartino <laughs> now next up we've got Mason Andrews yes done quite a lot of quite a lot of indie stuff looking at the stuff I've seen here yeah, Scorpio Sky is a very accomplished indie town, especially for a West Coast talent, which, as I probably mentioned many times before, uh, the indie scene, especially in America, is heavily focused on the East Coast. Like, it ain't even funny how focused it is to the point where the West Coast almost feels neglected at some point, and some talents aren't necessarily focused as much as others unless they're really good out of Cali. Or just happen to wrestle there, like, say, Steege and Erica or a lot of the uh, Canadian guys who went to PWG or CZW around there. But Scorpio Sky has been visible almost in every, pretty much every major promotion. He's had, I believe, yeah, he's made appearances in WWE. He got FU'd by John Cena in a Super Bowl commercial. He was on Tosh.0, uh, of course, appearing on TNA. He was in Wrestling Society X. He wrestles in PWG. Wrestles in NWA Hollywood with the Scorpio Sky experience, which you could ask L Train too, is pretty awesome. <laughs> which is kind of like it's him, Christian Cole, who's his manager, damn pretty good talker too. 
the Duke who's like his trainer, this big guy, and then he has like two girls with him and then a ring girl on top of that. So Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very uh Oh, Scorpio Sky also infamous in PWG for the guy who cut Kazarian's ponytail off, which if you know the whole story on that, which I might as well explain, because when Kazarian was it is brief undefeated run in WWE. Yes, Kazarian is to this day still undefeated in WWE. They wanted to do something with him, but it was either that he saw the writing on the wall, they weren't going to do shit with the cruiserweights and or that they were going to do like a gimmick change, but he had to cut his hair, which he didn't want to or whatever, which seems high, highly and very ironic now considering uh, that's weird. Like, I don't get why they wouldn't want to have their hair cut. It's like they don't want to, but it ends up getting that anyway. There was the yeah. rumor that with Umaga, he didn't want the whole Samoan thing, and he does it in TNA, Kaz. But hell, there's Serena who's like, yeah, I'll get my hair cut. <laughs> we also had a bit of an appearance in Wrestling Society X. I'm just having a quick look. Yes, uh, as I mentioned, WSX, which probably should yeah. just have like, Wrestling Society X, he was there. And it's also, like, apparently, was part of. No Way Out 2008, was it? With, nine. Uh, he was part of a... Big no, yeah, it was part of a group that was trying to restrain Brig Show from, flacing, from chasing Floyd Money Mayweather. And then Scorpio went, Hey, man, your nose is bleeding. <laughs> or something like that, I don't know. Yeah, you'll notice indie guys uh, doing... St- uh, and you... Y- it's pretty much well known that <laughs> the developmental yeah. or indie guys are security guards. Not that we're pulling any curtain that hasn't been pulled or ripped to shreds before. And also, uh, one last note about Scorpio Sky. Also, training in MMA and is currently an MMA fighter as well. So, another two-sport athlete there. Wow, as loose as that term is. <laughs> I would mention jiu-jitsu, but we'll get to that later. Um... <laughs> Now, the fourth one is the guy that I really would like to see more of in TNA. And that wouldn't happen much because he's still billed for a couple of matches in Chikara, I believe. And that is Rubix, or as he's known pretty much everywhere else, Jigsaw. And, oh my God, the stuff he did on... Impact alone should have made them go, yeah, we need him. Yeah, Jigsaw, he's probably one of the more familiar indie names out of the bunch of this. He's appeared, he mostly wrestles in Chikara where he was trained there. Uh, Yeah, yeah, the second term. He was in the second Um, term who was, it was him, Blackjack Marciano, who's who's now retired, and Eddie Kingston. I believe there might. I think Bryce yeah. Rims might have been in that Looking term. At the list here that I've got off the wiki. He's been in Chikara, CZW, Ring of Honor, Dragon yes. Gate. Yes. <laughs> the, so arguably some of the bigger indie promotions in America. Yeah, he's yeah uh, mainly wrestles in Chikara. Had a run in ROH back in 0708, which it which had him infamous, infamously take off his mask. Which I which pissed off Quack and Bush for some time because if you didn't know this about Quack, he he's very and um, I'll use what Kingston kind of termed regardless of the term. He's very kind of anal about kayfabe. Very 
and here comes the jokes on that. Uh, he's very he's very kayfabe centric. He sticks to it old, probably old school to it. Like very, he keeps to it. If you break, like if you break kayfabe in a way, and he'll get mad at you. Like that's might might have been the reason why Lince Dorado got fired because in a Scott Hall last call with Scott Hall interview, you see him. You see him without his mask, admitting that he's Lindsay Dorado. And also, and another weird kind of kayfabe quirk was when Lindsay Dorado suffered his seizure. Uh, Quackenbush tried to cover up Lindsay Dorado's face so he wouldn't be seen, even though the fact that Lindsay was pretty <laughs> might have been dead at that time. And mm. that was a video I posted um, in the uh, the chat when they were talking about Flip Casanova doing the Shooting Star Centon. Which is the move he actually got the seizure from, hitting his head back really nasty yeah. to the ground. But back on to Rubik's Jigsaw, yeah, he's pretty to CZW. He's pretty much wrestled. Uh, it's getting redundant with some of this. A lot of them have wrestled in many places. Which, if you wrestled in a lot of places, there's usually something good about you, unless you're Charlie Haas or something like that. <laughs> now, this is. The name you just mentioned, Flip Casanova, who yeah. most people will know as Flip Kendrick. Yeah. He's a, I'd say out the, mm, arguably maybe the least known of the eight. Maybe, I, no, I'd say Yuma maybe a little more, because Yuma's, uh, Yuma's really just been in Cali. Well, it's Flip Kendrick, who mainly wrestles in the Midwest, AIW, AAW. He's also wrestled, uh, usually tag teams with Louis Linden in a team called Aeroform, which is a pretty entertaining team from what I've seen, even though I believe they are now heel. Uh, Louis Linden has like uh, Afro, uh, kind of like an Afro Ninja thing, where it's like <laughs> kind of almost like Blaxploitation Ninja, Boondock, some type of style things black people will get, maybe some white people. Probably doesn't even matter race, but I just want to put that in there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Flip Kendrick. Flip Kendrick, Flip Casanova. There is a reason he is called Flip because holy shit, can he flip? <laughs> he's, yeah. I'd say, in my high flyers, he's not really as solid with his moves, but he's definitely in the top five with the things he can do in the ring. It is just fucking crazy. The shooting stardust that I posted before, the shooting star senton, which he tried to do to Darcel that ended really nasty, known for he could do a standing shooting star leg drop, does moonsaults with like two, three spins to it like, the things he does it seems a bit much maybe, but it's very, it's just crazy what he can do, and he's a pretty good wrestler at that, even though he's very high flag flippy style <laughs> Next up Richard Cameron, who He's got about two or three indie uh, names that he goes under, but the, yeah. the one that you told me at first, which I think is genius, Black G's. Yes, the Black Jesus. Black Jesus. He mostly goes by now, even though he's pretty. He's he's known by either two, but now Rashad Cameron because of TNA. But Black G's, which is the name he'd rather you go by, at least in character, or Sabian is his other name too. He's uh, mainstay in CZW for many years. He's wrestled in Chikara, also in the past. Wrestled in um, uh, the Backseat Boys from Russian PWU. 
Um, he's wrestled a lot in the East Coast. Uh, made appearance it uh, was a as I mentioned earlier was a Ryback jobber just as soon as he appeared on TNA. Yeah, ja- apparently his ring name was Jared Waxler. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, W A C H T L E R. So Waxler. I'm, I'm, I'm... Jared Waxler. <laughs> oh man, that's just. But yeah, that was that was on June twenty second SmackDown. Six days later, he was on Impact. So in a week, people, in a week you can be on two different shows at the same time. Yeah, very Rick Rude esque in that. Even though I don't think anybody will ever did what Rick Rude did. That's a one time only deal. There. Yeah. But um, yeah, Rashad Cameron. A pretty good wrestler. He's sometimes his matches can be kind of like he, but he's still pretty. He he can be soft. Sometimes I believe he's as good as a as his opponent is, which could probably be said about all wrestlers in that. But yeah, he can really be solid depending on her. He could just if they become shitty, he almost (laughs) she could become shit with them. I wasn't huge on. I wasn't huge on the promo that he did. Oh, uh, yeah, his style of promos might get to some people because he's very, like, that scream at me and stuff. That's, if you see, I wish I could find them on YouTube when he was really starting to get into the Black G's thing. Because he'd always been called Black G's, and was still called Sabi, but he really, uh, about a year or so ago in ZZW, was really starting to call just Black G's. And he was going around Philly, just driving around listening to some Meat Bill as well, the song we played earlier, Gasoline and mm-hmm. I think uh, Willy Wonka also. But just some Philly rap just in the car driving, just talking to shit. He's like, man, ZZW needs to sign me, dog. I'm the most talented. And then he'll see somebody outside just yell at him, just like almost stereotype black, especially for my black brethren that know Maze. I won't mention <laughs> He's gone, so I won't mention him. Uh, L training, um, just yelling at him, just yelling at people. It's like, "What's up, nigga? What's up?" <laughs> just punking him out, just getting hyped with it. Just <laughs> the black people will know, or anybody who knows urban culture will know <laughs> what they see by that. But kind of very funny with it too, just being kind of nauseous, a dick. He's very, he's very good at that. Got some insane heat in CCW at times. Just. For the things he'll say to people and just do to him in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a really good heel, which I'd love to see some of the heel stuff he does in the X Division, let alone in TNA. I, I love to see him in Bully Ray. <laughs> yeah. You know, he tends to be more of his, he tends to really play up the urban thing, and that might not work well mm-hmm. with Ray. Not, not necessarily so much racist, but it's just. He, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. That he does the character really well, even though he's nothing like. <laughs> yeah. Now, name number seven is arguably the most well known on this list, mainly because he's been in TNA before, and that's Sanjay Dutt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we even really need to explain Sanjay Dutt. Uh, that one just stuff you well, we, should we fill in on what he's been doing between when he got in the feast or fired like, what was it was it a feast or fired or um i think he just got released it might have been feast or fired i need to look that up as we wiki it right now i think it was feature feast feature fired feast or fired 
and it was well there was what if any uh shit let me just find it da, 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 da. yeah he just left there was yeah. he left yeah cuz i remember like the whole uh whole jay lethal thing and then he just disappeared and then he got released but for those of you who want to know what he did since then he still kept in some contact with tna doing that ill-fated all-wheels wrestling pilot that will probably never see the light of day. I believe he's in Rinka King. He did some Rinka King stuff. I don't know whether that... Apparently, that was successful, but they want to try and do a similar Rinka King, but in another market. Yeah, so, sure. Australia. Uh, I think it would be pretty good. The Philippines, another emerging market which would be good for... TNA to try and get their hands on first before WWE milks it. <laughs> yeah, I try to go to the yeah Australia, like lower Asia, that Oceanic, Oceania type area is really starting to get the eastern side is starting to really yeah. rest, rest. Like, of course, WWE going into China, the the Vito incident in Nepal, or well, Vito wrestling in Nepal, but yeah, really wrestling becoming global and TNA going WWE global. going to Brazil and yeah. Getting <laughs> Brazilian shirts into the crowd. <laughs> yes. Hi, is. Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> We've had enough of Colt Cabana. We're just saying hi to anybody else. <laughs> just to remind them. But some of the other stuff, he's yeah, he's done some PWG. He's done some Ring of Honor. Had a very uh, bit of an ill-fated run at Ring of Honor, which one thing I noticed when he brought up the whole swag thing, which was something he did in ROH, I was like, uh-oh, this could be good and this could be bad. <laughs> but it was just it was just kind of weird in ROH. He's had many runs in CCW, which is where he would use that moonsault double stump as a finisher mostly, which I believe is the first time he's used it in TNA. I'm looking at this, and apparently at All Wheels Wrestling on the first show, he was involved in a five-minute Iron Man match. How the hell do you have a five-minute Iron Man match? Yeah, even for even for WWE standards, who's known for the small matches or matches only be one to two minutes, you still had you still had a title in Florida. <laughs> Where they had Iron Man matches, were pretty much Iron fifteen minute Iron Man matches. So yeah. there's kind of a maybe a rule of thumb that it should at least be double digits in minutes when you're having a Iron Man based or most pins stipulation. And then did they have like a five minute Ultimate X match too? Probably. I just. I so. down with time. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, we'll go into the eighth name, which... Yeah, the eighth name, which we've left purposefully to last because interesting stuff has happened about this. Ring of Honor star Kenny King. Now, the key note about this is the fact that he is currently one half of the World Tag Team Champions in Ring of Honor. Well, <laughs> well, well, he, he is as of the minute because I don't think he's been stripped of a title yet. Why are we saying this? Well, it possibly has been a downward spiral, if that's the right term to use, of what's happened. 
One relates to a shoot into. Who was the shoot interview with Randy? It was with uh, High Spots for High, full. Yeah. I think it's called yeah, full case of tales with, or yeah, full case of tales with A and X. Yeah, a shoot interview with Red Titus and Kenny King, and we've got a clip which was released this week because apparently it became. The, the wording and what happened here might become relevant in this little clip that we've got might be relevant to what happened. So we will shoot you over to the clip now and it's an interesting lesson. That's the shit that I was, ex- that, that Sinclair to me is supposed to bring uh, to, to to Ring of Honor. It was just a, a, a bigger scope of people that, who maybe... And their ordinary lives have never even heard of Ring of Honor. Maybe like wrestling, maybe liked wrestling, and is looking for a way for wrestling to get back to what they liked about it. Just expose it. Not so much. So what you're saying is not so much the the inner circle of people that are always going to buy it, regardless of whatever it is, but more the the mainstream audience. Isn't that the purpose of having a fucking a national broadcast TV show? Is to Appeal to people that appeal to the folks we got. We got you, motherfuckers. Already sorry, but we got you. But now to say, all right, cool. Well, we got them. But check this out. Look, how many of you others have maybe thought about liking this, but don't have the avenue of liking it, or don't have any idea how to get back to what is you liked about it? And that's what we were. We were. That's what the Sinclair Broadcasting deal is about. Supposedly, (laughs) is to bring. Uh, casual wrestling fans into a Ring of Honor niche, which is we've carved out by being amazing wrestlers. So have they delivered? Have they come close to delivering? Have they made steps towards delivering? I mean, you tell me, you're in the trenches every day. You're going to the. There are so many amendments <laughs> in the Constitution <laughs> of the United States of America. But I plead the fifth. Uh, One, two, three, four. Fifth. Um, I'm just trying to say fifth. Go ahead, say something. He please say Um, I think that uh, you know a lot of uh, you know we're being told that you know that this the show is being viewed by a million people. Just plead the fifth, nigga. That's all you got to do. And you know it's. <laughs> One, two, three, four. I can only choose. No, no, it's. uh, And I I don't know. I just thought that added something so much, and I think that's something that you know Ring of Honor is missing now. We're not fucking. We're not. We're not jujitsu, man. We're not ROH. We fuck. Or we're. Sorry, we're not jujitsu. We're not MMA. We're fucking pro wrestling, and that's what where we need to figure out where the fuck we're at. We want to wrestling or we want to be jitsu. So, so is that the type of product they're trying to push? Like, as far as, like, we're trying to be more like UFC, we're trying to be more like the product that they put on Spike TV. Is that the It's trying, trying to, to be more today? edgy without actually having a fucking edge. And who's pushing it? <laughs> is, is, we're just, it's just trying to be edgy without having a fucking edge. And that's the problem. If you have an edge, you can be edgy because you can walk along that fucking fine line. You don't have an edge, and you're trying to be edgy. Then you're bluffing, and sooner or later in a poker game, if you bluff long enough, oh my God, I just got fired. 
I felt that in the back of my head. I just got fucking fired. <laughs> so if anybody wants to book Kenny King now. That might be famous last words. Yeah. Fired for that. Yeah. I'm getting fired for that. Well, he might not get fired for that. What happened? Well, he appeared on TNA. What I need to discuss now is the Ring of Honor situation. And it goes basically through this. They posted on their Facebook this statement. The appearance of Kenny King on another television program tonight has raised speculation on his future as well as how this appearance could occur. The contract that King signed in June 2011 expired as of when we're taping this about two weeks ago. So even when you're listening to this in early July, it expired at the end of June, shall we say. Which, uh, to point out as a note, he they've won the world tag team titles June twenty fourth two thousand uh, yeah June twenty fourth two thousand and twelve yeah which if I'm not mistaken as far as I know he they gave him the titles uh, hi, uh, him and um Titus the tag belts while he was not under contract or in the or as you're about to mention if it's, it's eleven if it's eleven days ago and this statement was issued Thursday. Yeah, it would have been it exactly been, when... <laughs> it would have been the day before. It would have been the day before, I think. Yeah. Because he got it on the 24th and his contract would have been the 25th. Yeah. So the night that he wrestled was probably his last night in the company. Leaked by contract. Well, as we turned out, it will be. <laughs> yeah. Well, before that happened. expiration... Well, we... actually, wait. They did the um, the tapings that are coming up. I believe he's a part of. I don't know. It's a tapings that. recently. I should have brought that up, but that's... Oh, well, that we'll probably go yeah, into that when before, it happens because a big the, thing happened. Yeah, before the contract expired, the agreement was reached between Kenny and Ring of Honor Management for an extension with a provision to allow him to negotiate with other promotions so he could evaluate his options and any interest in him elsewhere. When that short extension concluded... He would then be free to accept an offer elsewhere or sign a long-term deal with Ring of Honor. Under this agreement, Kenny was free to negotiate but not to wrestle for another organization without the permission of Ring of Honor. When he was presented with the written extension reflecting this agreement, he informed Ring of Honor he was unsure if other promotions would accept this negotiation clause. He was told that he could take the document to be examined by his attorney or other interested parties before executing it to be reassured any other offers would not be viewed as contract tampering. He also informed Ring of Honor that he'd keep him apprised of any developments. He contacted Ring of Honor on Tuesday, July the 3rd to inform them that he had a meeting in Orlando on Thursday, July the 5th, which was within the scope of the agreement that he'd made. Then early morning on, on Thursday... He contacted the Ring of Honor official to say that he would be wrestling on the show that night. He was told he didn't have permission to appear live on television as he violated the agreement that he'd been made between them. His response was the deal that he'd shaken hands on and agreed to in principle seemed fair at the time, but others had told him it wasn't, so he didn't intend to honor it. 
Ring of Honor is disappointed that Kenny's chosen to make this decision after the company had agreed to and followed through on everything he's asked for at the time of negotiation. However, we consider this breach of his verbal agreement acceptable, and regardless of future employment status with any other company, Ring of Honor will not be doing any business with Kenny King going forward. A statement will be forthcoming regarding the future of the tag titles. Yeah, that... This is, oof, with as much troubles as Ring of Honor has been having as of late, as King and Titus mentioned in the previous clip, and just so many stuff that's been happening to him, it's almost like this Sinclair, uh, this, this Sinclair deal, almost any TV deal is almost bound to be snake-bitten by Ring of Honor. In some weird way, it's just almost ECW-like in how... But even then, uh, well, yeah, pretty much like ECW. The that is sad that some companies, because they need TV so much, they'll go to a network that doesn't give two shits about them. Which WWE is blessed that Body Hammer, who's smoking hot, I bet she saw a picture of her for she's probably older, but she's I was surprised when I saw her picture. She's a big supporter of WWE, which. It's probably the greatest thing they could have because if you have somebody supporting wrestling, running the network, you're if if they yeah well if they have it on the network, of course they're going to support wrestling. But in the sense that, like, look at WCW is pretty much the example I'm looking at. If if uh, who you're working with's not happy with having wrestling, that's nobody you need to be in business with. Uh-huh. With WWE, they had Bonnie Hammer, who's very supportive. WCW had Ted Turner, but then when he pretty much got screwed out of his power. They didn't want. We all know what happened there. And same goes with pretty. Where else would we lead that to? MTV has been. WSX didn't work out so well. Mainly because MTV pretty much kind of screwed that deal. It's pretty. Yeah. TV. You need. Uh, as redundant as I'm sounding. As always sounding. You need TV to survive but you need to have a good deal in order to survive tv <laughs> yeah and so, even uh, and into more the king side uh it it sucks that it had to end that way especially with kitty king having so much promise in ring of honor it ain't even funny and that's and uh ring of honor has had a tendency of not striking when the iron is hot or striking mm-hmm. or or if they do strike, they strike way too late after the fact. The most notable notable example, I'd say, of this being Tyler Black, which it didn't help that the Gabe getting fired kind of put the kibosh on him yeah. getting the belt. Because uh, Tyler Black, if Gabe had had his way or had they had kept him on, uh, Tyler Black was supposed to win the belt at Final Battle 08. He didn't win it until 8th Anniversary Show uh, 2010. So, and the fans, as Kevin Steen pointed out, they in uh, his promo, they booed him pretty much the whole reign. There was still some tears, but there was a good amount of boos. And Kenny King, he looked good on TNA. He had a good promo too, and always really a good promo worker. So hopefully, this guy, he, he I think he's gonna get signed by TNA. Him doing the backstage segment segment also probably helps things, especially with Aries of all people. And 
it would really suck if he doesn't get signed, but if he doesn't, he will be a hot commodity soon enough and most likely will probably be working with their rivals in Dragon Gate USA and Evolve. Yeah. I'm just looking, apparently, Ring of Honor have got a, a game coming out. Yeah, I saw that yeah. too. And just, just in case you're getting your hopes up, no, it's a card game. Because at first I was going, hang on. It's like, I don't need no bit. mercy no more to mod our hates. Yes. Yes. Nah. No. Fuck, <laughs> it's a card game. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of is getting my hopes up. And also, just notice as well, regards to Crick King of Trios, which will cover some Shikara. Oh, yeah, I should have brought well. that up. They've Ring of Honor's team is now going to be in the King of Trios, and it's been confirmed that it's going to be the Young Bucks and Mike Bennett. So you know what that means, people. Maria. Maria's <laughs> going to be a King of Trios. That's yes. interesting, considering Chikara's... Oh, they're going to totally play around with that, the Chikara's PG image with Bennett and Maria. Not that you can't make out. Even as passionate, well, I'm, just, I'm just Sarah Del Rey. Oh yeah. Oh man, that would be, I that. Oh but yeah. <laughs> With the ROA, you know what? We probably should bring up the Ring of Honor tapings, now. <laughs> or at least a recap of that, because that kind of goes hand in hand with that. With the Ring of Honor tapings, there's uh, some big news coming out of that. I'd say about. Three big information, three three big news items of note. The first one being that, as we mentioned, Sarah Del Rey is back in Ring of Honor and is looking for Maria. Let's do it in Chicago as well. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, man. I, I hope that they do face Sarah Del Rey, whatever team she's on in, um, in King of Trios. Because that's going to be, uh, it's just going to reek of awesomeness. And yes, I'm using a antiquated term from Edge and Christian. Nonetheless, um, who else? Uh, Eddie Kingston is also back in Ring of Honor and has a world title shot against Kevin Steen coming up in the near future. Stemming from Steen's, uh, Steen's uh, match against Kevin Steen. Uh, uh, excuse me. How can he wrestle himself? He's not Davey Richards. Steen's match <laughs> Steve's match against uh, uh, Eddie Kingston back at Hot at the Griddle uh, for the Chikar Grand Championship, which Kingston won via disqualification from Steen just low-blowing Kingston, not giving a fuck as Steen does. And the third biggest item is that we have, speaking of new champions, we have a new television champion. And for the first time, somebody who has not previously held the title of Ring of Honor, a first-time holder of a title and uh, the TV title with that, that that being one Adam Cole. And then this is striking with the irons hot now. Yeah, after the victory that he got in the hybrid rules match with O'Reilly. Yeah, that, and he won a four-way not too long ago, winning a shot against the TV title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really uh, going off the rails with Cole, which might mean he, he will start appearing less and less in ZZW, especially their iPay-per-views. Because, yeah, he works there, too. <laughs> He's actually trained by the ZZW Academy, believe it or not. Mm. Which people wonder, ZZW has talent? Yes, they do. 
which is why you should watch it because there's actually some talent in there, even with the ultra violence and stuff. Although I would just not watching Tournament of Death if you don't like that stuff. It was pretty awesome, but speaking of yeah, we will yeah segment three we're going to talk about. Uh, I think Ring of Honor did a what was it called Evolve or um uh, Unity? Yeah, Unity was the name of the show, but the whole as I mentioned the Jakara hot off the griddle show they did a show Jakara and Ari did a double header on what was it May. January, February, no, April, yeah, April 28th in Chicago, the, as I mentioned, called Synergy, which was Shakara's Hot Off the Griddle being the afternoon show and ROH Unity being the evening show, which I will mm-hmm. come later. As well um, as um, Tournament of Death, I believe. Yeah, Tournament of Death. And then there's also, yeah. eh, Sink of the 11? 11. 11. Yeah. So good they named it XI. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you in a few minutes. Enjoy one of Jigsaw's slash Rubrics's themes from the Indies and we'll see you after the break. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I want, I, okay, I want, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of the Peace. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, wrestling fans. Do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. What is up, my SNS peeps? You know who this is. 
At least I hope you know what this is. This is a sensational sequel, Sensational Shine. And if you don't know me, then you must not know the open book. The open book is my new podcast that I have here on the SNS Radio Network with my co-host, Ashley. Yeah, that's his name apparently. We still haven't figured that out. And on the open book, we cover wrestling and we do a little fantasy booking. We also cover some video game news. We also do entertainment news. We cover some reviews every now and then on that too. And you know, we have some pretty cool things we talk about. So you should check us out right here on the SNS Radio Network. Do you know, you can catch us every week. So check us out sometime. I'll possibly catch you right in the book itself. Peace, love, hatred. I'm out. show myself Ashley here and Randy as ever and Randy's going to be giving us a rundown of some of the stuff I think we'll start with the the Ring of Honor Unity Shikara crossover thing and whatever Synergy Synergy love that name for it so we'll start with the opening match which ironically is Kenny King um, <laughs> yes. We love to do continuity, even if we don't yeah, even know plus, it's coming. Continuity somehow is continuing. Uh, Kenny King and Rettus took on the House of Truth, which was strong and Elgin. Yes. Um, oh yeah, the House. Uh, one thing I want to point out with the shows is that Chikar's Hot Off the Griddle came out. Uh, like a week after the fact, and UDD took almost two months to come out, which, yet I mentioned before, ROH's DVDs, they take usually about a couple months to get out, except the iPay-per-views, which, of course, you can have them <laughs> when you own them or download them. Nonetheless, uh, we start off with um, the... Um, shit up. What was this? Uh, All Night Express versus... Um, the House of Truth, where this was a pretty decent match, remembering it right. Believe the yeah, the House of Truth were victorious in this. I hope I'm not wrong on that one, especially because I saw it. No, it was uh, ANX winning. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was it the was finish the again? Blockbuster power bomb. It was the blockbuster power bomb combo. Oh yeah, 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 they did. I forgot they did. You good thing you saw this one. You could actually cover for me. And. Uh, yeah, the afterwards, kind of teasing the Ring of Honor situation, Elgin and Strong were not happy. Yeah, they've been... So continuing the Elgin, when are you going to turn face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you think about the match? I was impressed with it. Good opening match. 
it's it's good to have a tag it's good to have a tag match to open a show which actually is impressive. Take note, world's yeah. greatest tag team from the last pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> Partially, because oh, to, to be quite honest, I I did manage to catch it after we reviewed it a few weeks back, and yeah, no, well, yeah, just, kind of. It, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Then we had a bit with Mike Bennett making out once again of Maria. And Mike, Mike Seidel, is it? Yes. Um, Evan Bourne's younger brother. Ah. So, uh, Flight 420's brother. Yeah. <laughs> J- jumped in and had a, they had a match and Bennett did win. Yeah. Um, well, Sidehouse pretty much a jobber, <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better term. At least in um, at least in ROH, he is. I don't know elsewhere. He most likely isn't. But yeah. <laughs> One thing worth noting, though, there were Colt Cabana chants throughout this. Noting still the whole fact: CM Punk, Maria, History, Bennett, Copycat. I don't know. I'm guessing it's. What- yeah, I don't know if they. I wonder if they hear this stuff, especially with like when it's in regards to talent that aren't there that many people probably feel should be there, especially Cabana and Generico more recently. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know why Cornette has such a thing against comedy wrestling that he has to be so fucking serious about shit. <laughs> And it's not like Cabana can't do serious wrestling either. If you if you watched Ring of Honor, hell, him and the fucking feud between him and Generico and the Steen Carino showed he has a serious side, if anything. The Homicide feud, when Homicide tried to kill him at least three times, maybe more, depending yeah. on what I remember from him. But I just don't get some of the decisions that are made sometimes with that company. <laughs> Next up, we had the Bravados taking on the Young Bucks. Yeah, this is a match that a few months back, people probably would have wanted to see. Mostly for the effect of the Bravados. The Young Bucks, even though I made my kind of displeasure known somewhat, I've kind of grown to like them again. <laughs> Man, at one point, I, I really you know, did like Nobody them. wanted to see this match, and then when it happened, they were like, shit, we need to see it again. Because, yes. damn, it was a nice match. The Bravados got so much better after they went to Noah. It ain't even funny. Like, literally, like... Back to Japan. Japan. Yes. <laughs> when you get season in Japan, you will... Or, hell, even vice versa. Kira Tozawa getting in America got, like, insanely over. Because in Japan, they didn't really think much of him. But it just happens sometimes that... Uh, nice change of scenery or and the training there will really help you. And I think that might, you know what? I could see that help it uh, working out for MVP if he ever goes back to the WWE, but he really mm-hmm. seems to like Japan. So hell, I'd want to work in Japan, even with all the, <laughs> <laughs> the ass whooping I take on a daily basis. Even the ass whooping, the gangsters. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't worry so much about Yakuza. It's more them in business than me. I'd be, even if they were, I'd be like, mm, I saw nothing. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we had a tag team match with Kevin Steen and Jimmy Jacobs. 
against BJ Whitmer and El Generico, which basically they didn't know what to do because it was so out of control. <laughs> so Steen says, why don't we make this a no DQ match? But apparently Jim Cornette sent a text and said, all right, I don't know whether Jim Cornette was backstage or whether he whether he just revealed himself as the anonymous Raw general manager. I don't know. <laughs> but that happened and that was a actually he nice match. That time. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice match though. Yeah, yeah, it was a fair. This match screen this match had a lot of history in between it with the two people the two te- the two teams with arguably the two the two bloodiest the two bloodiest most violent feuds in ring of honor history just colliding yeah. in one being jacobs whitmer and steen generico <laughs> and yeah this yeah, was a pretty I'm, good i'm aware of steen generico but the jacobs whitmer is that probably relating to age of the fall this would be in a way it's kind of the precursor age of the fall okay which would Before. be uh, yeah, yeah, kind of before this was. It was just to go on a brief history for a little bit. Whitmer and Jacobs were tag team champions back in 2005. Then they lost it to the Carnage Crew, who up until the All Night Express, the whole incident had the shortest reign in uh, tag team history, with only two weeks. But they happened to have two shows in between that span. That was around. Yeah, that was the Summer of Punk era. They managed to defend it once. Anyway, Whitmer and Jacobs would end up getting it back, and then they lost it to, uh, what's their names? Uh, uh, Tony Mamaluke and Sal Renaro. And then, were they, had they already turned by then? No, okay. So after that, then they turned with and joined Lacey's Angels and became heels because they were, well, yeah, you can imagine they were face. Anyway, this is where Jimmy Jacobs started to develop his unrequited love affair with Lacey. Well, it would be unrequited till two years later. And yeah. Whitmer and uh, Jacobs was just all was just uh, sprung on fucking Lacey. And Whitmer wasn't too happy about that because it was affecting the team. So he turned on Whit- uh, Jacobs and it led into a crazy feud there where they were brawling all over the crowd at their the in your face show in Juno six yeah Juno six I believe BJ Whitmer power bomb Jimmy Jacobs from the uh from the top of the from the top of the turnbuckle into the crowd. Ooh yeah I'll I'll send you a link there <laughs> he literally <laughs> power bombed him into the crowd. Dog. I just wanted to check out kids. Yeah. <laughs> And then the and then this feud went on well into the next year. Then you kind of had, well, yeah, Whitmer had been hurt for a while. So then you had Cabana and Jacobs kind of feud for a minute because Cabana was because Cabana was banging Lacey, and then Jacobs didn't like that fact because he wants to bang Lacey too, and then Cabana would be a dick about it and keep it'd be oh you need to watch the Cabana Jacobs matches because there would always. Cabana and Lacey would always end up in some weird sex position or something would happen and Jacobs would start crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy Jacobs was a pretty... He's always had pretty good characters, whether the zombie princess, Age of the Falls stuff, the Jimmy Loves Lacey. 
Either way, the Cabana feud ended. Whitmer came back. Then they had the big cage match at Supercard of Honor 2, a match that and one I actually told Jacobs when I got to call an interview, a match that I'd say probably got me into Ring of Honor. Uh, hell yeah. of a match. He, a match he ended up breaking his leg for that end of the feud. Then he came back. Then there's uh, Lacey. They all get into that later. That's what led to Age of the Fall. And all, uh, yeah, the, pretty much everybody had history in it. And you had yeah. a crazy match because of it. And nice little finish with the. BJ putting Jacobs through the table with a super exploder suplex. Oh yeah, the explode, uh, the exploder he uses as a finisher. We explode. Look, usually the exploder ninety eight that wrist clutch, but that was a, nonetheless an exploder through the table. We'll get the job done. Yeah, it's probably not worth mentioning the bit with R.D. Evans and Osiris and the whole thing with Border Wars because we've already talked about Border Wars, so we're going to go in backwards and forwards. So. Yeah, that's what sucks with Ring of Honor or shows when they have eye pay per views and they don't have the other shows out yet. Unless yeah. you're, it's like you see, you're seeing a recent show, but it's like I still haven't seen this show. Fuck. Yeah, now this is something that was interesting. The first time I have ever seen trios. Wrestling. Oh, yeah. When you watch. I've seen Six Man Tag, but I've not seen Trios. I've not seen any of the King of Trios stuff before. And it was The Colony, which is Fire Ant, Soldier Ant, and. Green Ant. Green Ant taking on Jay Lethal, Adam Cole, and TJ Perkins. And the twist with this as well is that there's two referees with a coin flip to decide who is actually going to officiate and who is just, I don't know, the guy's bitch. I, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. The the Shikara official got the coin flip. Which probably so, makes sense, considering this was, as with the other match that was uh, interpromotional later, this one was a Shikara, this is more of a Shikara specialty match. Yeah, it's trios of Shikara. Feels match, especially if, if you've seen Lucha Libre, it's pretty much like the six man tags they used to have in WCW. You don't have to tag. Uh, you don't have to tag out. You just have to either you well, you could tag them or just go to the side of the ring. And um, oh yeah, pretty uh, trio. That's the main caveat. Really, is that the tags aren't necessarily needed, which helps for the high flying action. And if you've seen a Chikaro trios match, tell their eight man t- the Parejos Atomicos eight man through the ten mans or just a uh, sight mm-hmm. to watch the tag matches, the things they do. And this one was, it, it was a good example of what Chikara can do or like what the trios matches can do. It didn't go out as crazy as other ones can. And if you've seen some of them, they're just, they're insane. And an uh, interesting note is uh, ROH actually had a trios tournament before uh, Chikara did with their trios tournament in 2005 in 2006, that later got cancelled in 07, weirdly enough, the same year that King of Trios debuted. Well, yeah. well it only cancelled because the show that they were going to do it on, a lot of people ended up... It, it ended up becoming their unscripted three show because some people didn't show up. Because I think of the weather. But, yeah, that's why there's no Trios tournament in Ring of Honor anymore. And uh, this match had a... Uh, Kind of play uh played into the fact that 
really played into later when the coin toss was going to happen because Drummond, there was a couple instances where Drummond seemed to unintentionally favor the Chikara side, which, well, that's how the victory pretty much led to. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was Green at yeah, Green, uh, TJ Perkins had put Green at an inside cradle. The, uh, rep, uh, PJ Drummond, the ref was busy talking with somebody. And then fire ant came in and switched it around. So green ant had the pin on per or soldier ant. Was it? I, it was one of the green ant soldiers. I think soldier ant had the pin on fuck. I need to watch <laughs> fire ant got the, the victory came with fire ant paying TJ. With a cradle that was reversed. Or was Fire Ant in the pin and it was... Ah. I know which uh, ants they are, I just forgot which ants were the exact... The, the, the clever thing was that Drummond, the chief official, missed yeah. it. Yet the Ring of Honor guy did see it and let the Ring of Honor team lose. Yeah. That's a proper official for you people. <laughs> oh, Hefner, take note. <laughs> yeah, the funny... That's one thing that you'll kind of get noticed with wrestling or tends to be a weird little thing when they have the interference and they don't decide like, Oh wait, I should just stop arguing and let it. Mm-hmm. I think it's been played a couple times that some people were thought, wait, <laughs> let me get down. But yeah, good trios match to a uh, good little sampler for anybody who does want to get into the Jakar. Cause that is one thing you will tend to see a lot. Especially yeah. if you watch, I don't know, King of Trios. <laughs> I was going to say, King of Trios, with the fact that Dream is in it, I'm just intrigued anyway. Yeah. Is, isn't it like 15 bucks for all three nights, or is it... Um, or is it like 10 for each night? Or something like that. But it, at most, you'll be spending about 50 bucks on all three shows. If you go there and get the DVD, so it's going to be well worth... It'll be well worth the price for it. I will say you mm-hmm. get you get stars from all around the world and they use and they go and they go ham on King of Trios. They they put all their eggs in a basket. This would they bring in a lot of amazing talent, which they only just really scratched the surface. I'm probably who they're bringing in. Yeah, we've, 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 I think they've announced seven so far. We still got another nine. Yeah, they won't have thirty two again like they did in oh eight because I fucked them up. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Although I would love to see a super big mega tournament like that if they had that. I'd love to see WWE do a trios tournament. Like, who would... I'd want to know who Cena would team up with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be intrigued to see if... Uh, yeah, let's, let's have a trios tournament in WWE for a trios tag title. <laughs> Or they could do like the ROH Trios tournament where the winners got to receive a any title shot of their choosing. And then they all go for the world title at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> it's a fatal four-way. Oh, no. Or actually, I think it was they get one got a shot. Or I don't think it mattered which tag, the, which titles, but it was a title match. But more often than not, yeah. it was to world title. Oh, shot. no. Here's another historical cock-up. Next match, Team Ambition versus the world's greatest tag teams. Oh. Side note, Team Ambition don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, this match. Oh. These are two teams who, world's greatest, uh, wrestling's greatest tag team, 
I've written their matches are decent, but they're really good matches. Their only really, really good matches have been with the Kings Wrestling. They haven't really had anything that was the Briscoe matches have been yay or nay with a lot of both in the matches, especially the fight without honor. Um, and then Team Ambition, one thing that I don't know, Davey just has the weird tendency to have long ass tag matches, which I think he got it from Super Dragon when they were teaming in PWG, because Super Dragon as well also tends to have very long tag matches. Although with Super Dragons, I don't get nearly as bored, even though his style's very he tends to have long matches <laughs> if you watch a lot of Super Dragon. Davey is the same as well. And uh, this match, the length really needed to be cut down in this one because there wasn't really a lot in it. It's sad that it's really kind of a uh, not that good of a match as you would think, or at least in my opinion, it was just kind of there. And even like the segment that they the finish the finishing stuff was kind of mm, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as good a match probably as the other tag matches that happened and the one that the, came the, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that one now because just to let you know, Benjamin won pinning O'Reilly with the pay dirt and basically Team Ambition. That was the beginning of the end for Team Ambition, which got confirmed at the last pay-per-view, Best in the World, slash Hostage Crisis. Yeah. Slash, insert witty name here. Yeah. And the main event was the world tag titles with the Briscoes defending them against both Jigsaw. Again, continuity here, people. <laughs> yes. And Hallowicked. Um, a little background before this match. The Jigsaw and All of Wicked earned their world tag team title shot back at a show I reviewed very earlier when back in our Y days. Yeah, with the, I don't know if it was the new Y or... And anyway, the, at the homecoming in January where Jigsaw and Hollow Wicked won a Proving Ground match defeating the Briscoe Brothers. And in ROH, a Proving Ground match is a twenty uh, match with a 20-minute time limit where the champion or champions and the tag champs face an opponent. And if the opponent can either beat them or last the 20 minutes with the champ, they will receive a future title shot. Within and they play... <laughs> yeah, the, with all night express. <laughs> yeah, they had to wait a minute, or yeah, getting... <laughs> or with Jake's on Hollow Wicked having to wait till Chicago, or yeah, like ninety days, whole three months afterwards. And uh, T- uh, not TMDK one. That anyway, this was a pretty good tag match here. One that I would have liked to see Jake's on Hollow Wicked win. To put a little shake up, well, I was predicting that week that Steen would win the Chikar title and Jigsaw and Hollow Wicked would win the ROH tag titles. Of course, that didn't happen, but it would be interesting to see the ROH tag titles change, considering that the Chikara Campeones de Parejas now are the Young Bucks, mm. who, as uh, another news note I probably should have mentioned, are returning to Ring of Honor next month. Everybody's going back to Ring of Honor. Yeah, that would him and except um, CM Punk <laughs> that we know of, or and Kenny King. <laughs> well, Kenny King's more obvious. Yeah, <laughs> slightly. One nice bit in this was the 
the Ring of Honor ref, uh, I can't remember his first name, Turner. Fat, oh, I thought you, I was about to say the fat one, Sinclair. <laughs> the one, oh, well, a little side note, I, the one thing I hate about the New York fans when Sinclair is refing, they always, every time he does a count, one, Twinkies, two, Twinkies. And they, ooh, that's probably the most annoying chant of all of them. That's even more annoying than yes. Yeah, that the yes one is understandable to an extent, even though that one's quickly getting into what territory. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, yeah, nice bit was Turner was ref, but then a ref bump happened. So then the Chicago ref Drummond came out, <laughs> and the Briscoes went, "No, you're not," and just knocked the hell fuck out of him. <laughs> and then Sinclair came out, and everyone was like, "Yeah, we're happy now." <laughs> I like Todd Sinclair as a ref. I don't know. It's just one thing when he calls the near falls. I really get into it. Just. Well, they're false finishes, especially just how he does it. One, two, 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 two. Just like how he does his near fault. Yeah. But overall, the result was the Briscoes retained. Funky bow from Mark led oh, yeah, to Jay pinning Jigsaw. Yeah. And the Briscoes now respecting Chikara so, and Jigsaw Hollow Wicked. So happy ending for everybody. <laughs> and of course, Kevin Steen hates Chikara. Oh, yeah, that was another thing. Oh, yeah, uh, Kevin Steen and uh, his confrontation with Joe Coff, the head of SBG or the guy that uh, I think he runs SBG or he's like the liaison to there for Ring of Honor. He was doing – he was a cutting a promo – I forgot after what match, talking about how Death Before Dishonor – shit, I, Death Before Dishonor 10 will be in Chicago, their next side pay-per-view. And then Steen comes out and very quickly uh, wrestlers and security guards and ROH personnel quickly come in to make sure Steen does not do anything to Joe Koff. Yeah. Which I found really funny. I was like, damn, they took no time in making sure. Yeah, taking no chances. Hell not. And what would you say the show was overall, you know, good, average, this I had a lot of expectations for this show. None, not as great as they were. This was still a pretty good show. Although I'd say the Chikar one slightly beat it by a little bit. I, I, the the main and the main event was a little better. Generico Del Rey was really good. The tag match was yeah. super good. The the only thing that I'd say that would really hurt Unity, if anything, to me was the WGT uh, the Benjamin and Haas and Team Ambition match. And other than that, this was still a pretty solid show. One that I would recommend seeing. I recommend seeing both shows because it really adds to the experience of it to watch the double headers. The, yeah, double header. So now jumping from something that I haven't seen to something that I haven't seen because. Damn it, boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that's just a little bit too over the top for me, but apparently Randy has made out the stronger stuff. So it's CZW Tournament of Death 11. Yes, I love me. Some... Oh, <laughs> I know Sean likes his CZW. Yeah. So... <laughs> a few weeks so it's ago, like both your host. <laughs> nearly a month. But yeah, well, I, I can go through the results and then 
Randy can tell you his reports on the matches. So we started off with the first round of the tournament of death with the drunken scaffold match, which saw Danny Havoc defeat both Devon Moore and Lucky Thirteen. Yeah, this was the only the only tournament match to have the only tournament match to be non singles action. With this being a triple. A three-way drunken scaffold match, which uh, a drunken scaffold match was a match they had that Danny Havoc and Devin Moore had last year at CCW Betred. Uh, I can get my German right. Betred D Combat Zone, which is uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, no, never mind the translation. Nonetheless, for the WXW thing they were doing there, they had the drunken scaffold match where the rules were the same as it was in tournament death. That being. That once you get up on the scaffold, you have to take a shot before you go down from the scaffold, and the referee has to take a shot for any near fall done in the match, which was which got played very early in the match in Germany where Havoc and Moore did uh, uh, were in an inside cradle and did like four near falls in a row, so the ref had to do four shots. <laughs> And nonetheless, there were the ref in this one, which was a fan or a longtime fa- uh, fan uh, friend to the ZZW family, who's apparently going to move to the West Coast, meaning he won't be able to see any of the shows <laughs> or whatever. And he ended up refing this match and got pretty drunk. And then this match had your weapons and all that as all the weapons. Well, I won't. Go- I'll probably bring up some main spots. But the main, uh, the biggest thing with this was Havoc getting the win with uh, General Order 24, which is depending on uh, usually a wrist clutch Death Valley driver. Sometimes he doesn't always have the wrist clutch, but the General Order 24 and um, through, I believe it was a barbed wire table or something like that off the scaffold, off the scaffold onto a wooden table below. And for one thing you might like about Danny Havoc for. Any guys who watch CCW, very, I think, a bit of a Star Trek fan, too, because he also goes by Daniel Tiberius Havoc, which you everybody should know what the T stands for. Even I'm not the geekiest person on the SNS, probably maybe least, least or most, depending on what it is. But I know the Tiberius is a Star Trek reference. And with all that said, you can also check out the Light Force podcast that and their weekend edition on the Elite. It's Elite. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, they're going to get pissed at us for saying it like that. EFP. Yeah, Lord. Oh, wait. Yeah. What? That was the whole joke that we were supposed to do Elite in different elite, <laughs> different ways. Guess I forget about my own little recurring jokes. Nonetheless, moving on to the next match. Yeah, the ultraviolet ladders and light tube match. Yeah, who needs TLZ? <laughs> and it was Roy Mondo versus Drake Younger with Drake Younger coming out on top. Yeah, this was essentially Roy Mondo kind of getting his respect. and Not that he didn't with their match at Cage of Death when Drake pretty much beat the shit out of him in that one. And this one, a bit of the same. Rory getting a little more offense in. Uh, uh, this match was a tribute match to the late Chris Cash and J.C. Bailey, who, uh, if you know who they are, very talented guys. I've really seen a lot of it, but... I, I, from what I see, I did like who sadly passed away too soon. Chris Cash in a motorcycle accident in 2005, which now is the reason CZW holds 
their annual Down with the Sickness show, uh, the Chris Cass Memorial show, in tribute to him because Down with the Sickness by the song by Disturbed was his theme song mm-hmm. and J.C. Bailey, who passed away a couple years ago, who had just gotten out of jail uh, in 2000, or he came back in 09 after he was in jail for stealing a TV from Walmart. <laughs> And then he was in jail. He came back to ZZW. Was in. He was in there. He was the last show he was in was Tournament of Death. Before he died, he was in the finals there, losing to Scotty Vortex. Went to rehab to get himself clean. Then sadly had a brain aneurysm and died in his sleep. And in his twenties too. And um, they. The, this was in tribute to the both of them younger who was. Uh, a big friend to JC, and that really hurt him a lot. It's, I saw the uh, the Down with the Sickness show they did that year, which was the tribute to Cash and Bailey, and it was he did a match with Masada, which was, and you could see Younger was just like very emotional, and a lot of them would be too, considering yeah, their friend had passed away, and then yeah. Drake get the win. Uh, nasty, uh, I'd say the best spot I liked in this was. What was it when he did the Drake's Landing, which is Homicide's Cop Killer, Kudo Driver, what did uh, Megumi Kudo, uh, Kudome Valentine, whatever, onto a wedge ladder mm-hmm. to Mondo was one spot I really liked. So uh, I won't really go over the match necessarily because it's a death match. Yeah. It's not everybody's cup of tea, so I'll just go. It's ladders and light tubes. Work it out. This will be yeah. This will be the format essentially for any ultra violent match. Yeah, DW match or any from any any match that involves some kind of weapon will not be reviewed because I know how some people are on this. I thought it was speaking of next (laughs) up in the first round was Masada beating Scott Summers in a panes of glass match. Yes, the panes of glass match. This the storyline going into this is Masada and Scott Summers. Rivals, friends, something of that. I know at a match I saw Scott Summers have from ACW, Masa, uh, Masama, Masada, uh, Masada accompanied him to the ring. And then apparently Scott, up until that match, which Masada won, Scott Summers had always been victorious against Masada. So this was pretty much bringing in Scott Summers to bring a somewhat of a test to Masada, who's pretty much been unstoppable for nearly a year in ZZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting from the tournament of death he won last year, which we'll get into that. Uh, Masada gets the win. Apparently, from what I'm reading, too, looking at this easy stuff, Scott Summer suffered a concussion in the match. I forgot how did he win it. It was, I think he, did he hit the skull fuck up? It was either the skull fuck up buster, which is, yes, that's the name of the move, which is a regal plex or the Masodomizer, which is a uh, Death Valley driver. That he does, but nonetheless, I forgot how he did win it, but Masada got the win here. It was probably for a plane of glass. Yeah, I believe it was, is considering the... Considering match. the title of the match, if it didn't, I never let out. Yeah, he's talking a lot of shit in this match. Yeah, also in the first round of the final match that happened was the light tube bundles and warning, it's that word again, ultraviolent bats yes. match. And no, we're not talking about Batman bats. <laughs> we're talking about Abdullah Kobayashi defeating Matt Tremont. Yes. Uh, uh, Kobayashi, who 
Oh, here's a funny weapon you'll like to know about. Do you know what a Tenzon is? A Tenzon? Yes. It's a a little flower pot that they use in Japan, and it has these spikes on it. I'll send you a picture right now. And this is something... Oh, wow. Just to keep all your bugs away from your plants. Stick them in a block with loads of freaking nails in them. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much something like that. And that... and. In what show was it in? Um, at Tournament Def Nine, I believe, the where Kobayashi uh, made his debut, and then he brought the Tenzons over to it, and it, uh, they've been somewhat of a staple in ultraviolet matches since then. And uh, if I can find the right picture, and this thing is pretty much when you see the Tenzon, or is it is it Kenzon or Tenz? Always mess up the <laughs> name. It might be Kenzon, because I'm seeing Kenzon's did feature in a match that happened in the second round. So, Oh, God damn it! I blame it on Hiroshi uh, 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 Tenzon for me messing up. He blames it on Japan. Yeah, I blame it on Japan for messing Because I always forget Tenzon or Kenzon. But yes, it's a Kenzon, and as I'm sending Ashley the picture, and this is something that I'd suggest you listening should probably look up to to kind of go along with it. So you'll know, like, You'll be like, God damn, when you see what this is as a weapon. So quick. Uh, I have a quick look, but go on about the match and I'll... So, yeah, that's pretty much put into your head. Usually hard, ultraviolet bats probably consist of... Pl- usually like the plastic bats, not really the... Never the wooden ones. Plastic bats with thumbtacks, barbed wire, something on it. Oh, and, damn. Yeah. That's and, more like a messed up shower head. Yeah, that thing Kobayashi brought in, that usually gets inserted into your head hard. And the match that Kobayashi won this, by the way, the match he has with Masada, which uh, Masada did this a lot. I'll get into it when it, that happens. Uh, Tremont also, the big thing with Tremont in this match was if he won the whole tournament at death, he would get a one-on-one match against DJ Hyde, which is something he's been wanting for a while because DJ's been a thorn in his side. Slash has been a pussy and not wanted to fight him, which, uh, as a heel owner, of course, you're a pussy. <laughs> all heels yeah. are used to pussies in one way or another. That's almost like uh, unwritten law. Every once in a while, you'll have the one who isn't, but to an extent, they always have to do mm-hmm. something that's cowardly. And um, in this case, DJ Hyde uh, whacked Tremont with, I think it was some, yeah, some light tubes. That didn't actually get him the victory right away, but in a way it led to the victory. And then Kobayashi was not too happy with DJ Hyde. And in his broken English, which was pretty awesome, (laughs) calling DJ Hyde a cocksucker to the very hostile, well, not a hostile Denver, Denver, Delaware crowd. But, yeah, well, if you see the ZZW crowd, you know how they are. They loved it. Yeah, Delaware, the secret location of DJ Hyde's farm. Yes. You know what state it's in. It's that secret. Yeah. Well, uh, well, it's not really that secret. It's just that's what they. I remember there was an ultraviolet underground they had, and I think it was somewhere in Pennsylvania. I think, but they couldn't say because of what was going on in the match. Because the reason they don't have it in, well, they don't really do a, show, a lot of shows in Pennsylvania anymore. They used to do every other show in Philly, with the exception of really. They didn't do a lot of shows indoors anymore. No, they they never do tournament of death indoors. I be, yeah, tournament of death's always been an outdoor show due to yeah. the stuff that's used in it, and they can't use it in Pennsylvania, so that's why they're in Delaware. 
but they also had the ultraviolet underground somewhere like around the time I think that rule happened that there were no light tubes so they could do that and it was like some swamp somewhere in Pennsylvania so but in- very in- well known in Delaware yeah so an interesting first round set of matches there now I guess to give the times a chance get to give the guys a chance to recover and or bleed out if necessary also probably for the fans. There was a special non-tournament match which was on, which was the fans bring the weapons match, which saw Chainsaw Joe Gacy defeat Ryan Slater. Now yeah. I want to know what weapons got brought in, Randy. Um, there was a microwave. There was a Justin Bieber cutout. There was <laughs> yeah, there was a Justin Bieber. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was Justin Bieber. There was. Uh, there was a few weapons in this. This was an interesting match. I remember I think Slater missed a couple spots that really would have – or there was, yeah, the one spot that he really missed. Slater was kind of out of it in this. In this match was really much to kind of put Joe Gacy over, and Slater's performance didn't necessarily help out. Slater's uh, didn't help him out either, but mm-hmm. Gacy got the nasty – I forgot how Gacy won. I think it was a uh, – shit, was it a – it, it, it God damn it, I forgot what... He powerbombed him, yeah. He powerbombed him on, I think, the microwave or something. But he got the win there. Now I'm just getting flashbacks to when The Rock turned up on Raw and the segment was titled to Bieber. Bombed him through a thumbtack-laced coffee table. Wow! Thumbtack-laced coffee table. Somebody had... Somebody put a lot of effort into that weapon. Yeah, I was thinking about that when I saw it, too. It was like... Not only are you going through a glass table, you're going through a super glue did you buy? (laughs) I'm surprised that doesn't get used a lot. Like, not a weapon on top of a weapon to, like, be the end, the end all be all. But then again, you kind of have to do that in a tournament. (laughs) Now, the question is what is the more lethal weapon? A despicable me minion or a Justin Bieber cutout? I don't think the cutout doll ever got used, but it was in the rig present. I remember, I think, Gacy cut its head off or ripped it off or something. (laughs) Oh, that makes it much more better than a minion. (laughs) 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 Away from the hilarity. Let's get more death. And uh, the semifinal happened with the Caribbean spiderwebs of deathmatch, which has nothing to do with Spider-Man. (laughs) <laughs> so Drake Younger continue on by defeating Danny Havoc. Yeah, this was um, this was a pretty good match here. Dick, Drake Younger, Danny Havoc, two guys who or two Drake Younger can wrestle um, outside of it as as you can see with their new height show. And then there's another show that I was going to review, but. We'll probably wait till next week, Cinco de Mayo, or as I like to call the show, where in every match somebody gets thrown into the chairs. Because I shit you not, and I think every match except two of them, there was a spot where somebody got Irish whipped into the stairs, the, the, the stairs, the chairs they had set up in Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> there was a friend of mine that kind of got the idea wrong about Cinco, about Cinco de Mayo, and they thought it was sinking the Mayo. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 it, it's Mexican. Just, yeah. No. 
Well, even most Mexicans probably don't know what Cinco de Mayo stands for, and that's a bit of truth. With, well, it's that's, for those of okay. you that... <laughs> if anybody doesn't like that, he lives in El Paso. It's just over the border. Yeah, I can kind of get away with that. Not that it really matters on the SNS. Secret uh, location of Randy's house. Yes. Which is more secret than DJ Hyde's farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that it matters are the racial relations here in SNS, which are actually quite good, regardless of what is said on many shows, especially our flagship show. Yeah. But this meant, oh, yeah, Daddy Havoc did Drake's own finisher, Drake's landing onto him, onto, I think, a chair or something. It was a nest. What a, well, any taking that double, that kudo driver on anything other than the ring, let alone the ring itself, is a dangerous spot. Yeah. And then Drake Younger got the yeah Drake Younger got the win here with I believe was it the I forgot if it might have been the Drake's landing might have been the Drake and Bake don't know for sure but Drake Younger moving on to the finals and the other the other semifinal match was the Big Japan Death match which has anything Japanese that involves death so more Kenzans more nail boards more anything else that's crazy. Um, this saw Masada also could be victorious and continue on to the final by defeating Abdullah Kobayashi. Yeah, this was the reason it was a Big Japan style, de- uh, Big Japan wrestling style deck match is because uh, Kobayashi is currently the deathmatch champion there, and Masada for a long time was working full time in Big Japan. I believe he doesn't anymore since he's now he now does more CCW stuff. But up until I think about. Last year, really, he had been wrestling in Big Japan for quite a while. So there's some history there. And then Masada, I don't know, as you'll see later in the, uh, Masada getting the, Masada got the victory here in this one with, what did he hit the skull? I think it was, yeah, this one, yeah, the skull fucking bust. <laughs> and, um, with, um, there's a spot in the match where Masada, no, it wasn't the skull fucking bust. I know I finished, but anyway. He had a pane of glass onto Kobayashi, and he tried to break it with his elbow. The first time it didn't work, then he went hard at it the second time, and he kind of fucked up there because his arm was bleeding nasty to the point where I don't know if it was for storyline or not. They were saying he couldn't compete in the finals. But I do remember the finish because I remember it was awesome. It was uh, Kobayashi was on the ground and a bed of nails was on top of him with the nail side facing him, and then Masada does a moonsault from the top onto the bed and nails onto Kobayashi for the win, which is quite a feat considering if you've seen what Masada looks like, he's a pretty big dude. Then again, yeah. I've seen him do a, a then again I've seen him do a sweet ass four fifty off the top of a cage at a Ring of Honor show. <laughs> as long as it wasn't a. Uh... What's his name? Teddy Hart. <laughs> Teddy Hart move. <laughs> it was all right, but a couple months. We'll get to the fi- we'll get to the final because we're we're yeah. nearly out of time. I think we got the yeah. The final is the no ropes barbed wire barbed wire nets and light tubes match. So basically, if you like fencing or electric, then you will love this match. Yeah. And this saw Masada defeat Drake Younger to be, I think, the first back-to-back winner 
Yes, he is currently the only back-to-back winner of Tournament of Death. There have been, I believe, Nick Mondo and Wife Beater. I think, yeah, Nick Mondo and Wife Beater are the only other two to have actually won it twice. And Masada being able to do it two times. And this uh, bit of controversy, as I was mentioning, the whole storyline thing where Hyde didn't want, he said Hyde, he could have wrestled. Then Masada just comes out anyway and wrestled. He's like, we're not like the fucking faggots here at ROH. You need to have this sanctioned. Like, you can unsanction it or not. We'll, uh, just so you don't have to put the, tr- uh, just so that you don't have any liability or whatever. And then the, f- and then the finish I mentioned earlier where fucking the weird one with STF, where that was at. And then afterwards they beat up on Hyde. And now's your tournament of death 11 show. Oh, yeah, because DJ High gave him the trophy, and it looked like he was going to do kind of a nice promo saying all this Masada, and then he's like, you beat all these people and all this, and then, but you haven't fucking beat me, and then he lariats him, and then the rest of the guys come out and beat the shit out of him from the tournament. So, all in all, a pretty good show if you like deathmatch wrestling. I'd say I prefer tournament of death last year a little more. It, it, but all in all, if you do love your bloody, crazy wrestling, this is the show for you. <laughs> Since I don't think IWA Mid-South does King of the Death matches anymore. Hell, if they're even still a fucking company by now. <laughs> Probably something's happening, I don't know. But Right, so that is all for this week. But with regards to future weeks, we want to try and make this as interactive as possible. So... Already set up is the email. We're going to have an email set up which will be looked at every week. And if there is an email, we will read it out on the air and air your thoughts. Whether you want to give your thoughts on indie stuff you've seen or general wrestling stuff or want our opinion on something, I'm sure Randy and I will be able to answer your questions on it. Would you say, Randy? Yeah, yeah. For the most part, so, we shouldn't. <laughs> it ain't like, yeah, we should know. Just yeah. leave it at that. So, for those of you out there that want to email in, the email address is sns.twis at yahoo.com. So that's sns.twis at yahoo.com. So. If you want to email us news that you think we should cover over the week or your thoughts on CZW or the Kenny King situation, go ahead and we will address them and talk over them hopefully over the upcoming weeks. So with that, I think it's probably time for us to shoot out of here. Yes, it is. I have a show to go to. <laughs> yeah, he needs now. to go and see Seamus win. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing that joke back from the start. Continuity, people. And to finish off, the first song of the night for the holiday show is something more upbeat after all the death and people leaving companies and instability. So we've gone for Blur's Girls and Boys from the Park Life album. In case you want to download it for nothing, because you'll probably get it on a torrent. 
League of people like that. Yeah. It's all about indies. It's all about getting stuff for free as much as you can. I don't know whether we approve of this. We probably approve of this. If we, if you can get free stuff, it's always better than paying for it. Especially if if paying for it, you're basically not rewarding the people that do it. Yeah. <laughs> Good old artist agreements being total rubbish. <clears throat> Twenty-seven cents per album? Are you kidding? You're selling the albums for fifteen dollars. Anyway, that's. <laughs> More financial news on album sales next week on TM on the whole indie show. But certainly next week as well, we'll be talking. I think uh, CCW, I think, have got an Iron Man match. Oh, yeah. If I am able to Probably. see um, New Heights by then, that or if not, I'll, uh, the, I'll cover the other show that I was mentioning earlier Cinco de Mile, aka everybody gets thrown into the audience. <laughs> Yeah, and there'll be some other stuff which we don't know about yet because it'll be news, but that has been your slice of indie this week. We're the whole indie show. He's Randy. I'm Ashley. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Greyhound Racing Dogs are awesome.